Welcome to the Meta Woman Podcast. We address the issues, opportunities, and challenges facing women in the development of the metaverse, the biggest revolution since the internet itself. Every week, we bring you conversations with top female talent and business executives operating in the gaming and crypto industries. Here's your host, Lindsay the Boss Poss. The Meta Woman Podcast starts now. Hello, and welcome to the Meta Woman Podcast, part of the Holodeck Media Podcast Network. I'm your host, Lindsay the Boss Poss, and from struggle to success, we're covering it all. To our returning listeners, thank you so much for listening week after week, supporting the show. It means a lot. And for all the new listeners out there, welcome. I hope you enjoy, and I hope you'll come back next week. Today's guest is very special as she joins us to not only discuss gaming, but some world news. We don't typically cover global affairs on the show, but I think we can all agree that what is happening to the people of Ukraine is horrific and unjust. I'm honored to have a guest today that was forced to live through the crisis and the war that was happening there. Her whole business has changed. Her whole life has changed. Um, And she's joining me today to talk about that and to talk about what she does in gaming. Valeria Voronova is the media director of Maincast. She joins me today from Kyiv. Maincast is an esports organization based out of Ukraine where they operate live broadcasts, tournaments, and create original content through their talents and influencers. Valeria, welcome to the show. Tell me a little bit about yourself and your background. Mm-hmm. Hi, Lindsay. Thanks for having me today. And uh, I'm. It's, for me, it's a big honor to be a part of your podcast. And I think you do a great job uh, for the women community. And uh, as you already mentioned, I'm uh, the media director uh, of Maincast and I'm in charge uh, of four departments. Uh, it is uh, development and design, uh, social media and public relationship. And uh, I have a team of 24, 25 uh, people. I'm uh, managing the creation of a new and powerful experience um, Then, when uh, esports fans are watching tournaments uh, through the visual part of a broadcast uh, and um, our main products uh, it is overlay system another part of my job is to building uh, is building a community around maincast if you talk about my background uh, back in the days i worked uh, in a couple of uh, media agencies uh, as project manager and then uh, as simio uh, so when uh, Maincast uh, was looking uh, for a manager uh, to build in-house uh, development um, department, uh, I uh, jumped in and started uh, working in uh, gaming. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, so this is like short information about my background. <laughs> Everyone I meet in gaming kind of has a different entry point into it, too. So that yeah. makes sense. I, I want to first thank you for coming on and discussing your work during such a tough time. I know for Ukrainians, I can't even begin to understand what you all are going through, but you certainly have my full sympathy and support. Um, with that being said, We have talked a bit previously about you moving offices to Poland and then moving back to Kyiv. How have you been able to continue moving forward professionally 
and with your work uh, during this time? Yeah, surely the Russian invasion was a shock and a huge strategy for all of us. Uh, and the first hours and days, uh, it was total horrible situation. Uh, and uh, I was uh, in Kiev when it uh, started. My colleague, um, he called me at 4.30, I think, AM and uh, said that um, the war had uh, begun. I woke up, uh, just grabbed my um, emergency suitcase, uh, went, uh, like, ran into my car, and with my colleague and his family, we went uh, to the western part uh, of uh, Ukraine. And it was like 18 hours uh, in a road instead of uh, usual six. Uh, because there was no fuel at all and um, there was huge traffic jams and problems uh, on the road. So it was like uh, really for me emotionally devastating. The first weeks, all um, our like management, uh, we tried to protect uh, our team and it was the main goal for us and we communicate uh, 24 hours uh, with uh, all members uh, just uh, figure out how to evacuate people, how to make uh, sure that uh, everyone is alive uh, and safe. Uh, and we um, try to figure out how to renew our work and to help everyone. So um, it was a really challenging time uh, for me and for, for my team. And um, in that time, I realized how I need to be focused and uh, cold, uh, blooded. Uh, and uh, when you need to make this fast and important decision, as soon as we uh, made sure um, that everyone uh, is safe, uh, we started bit by bit. We managed to renew our work, uh, broadcast uh, of the tournaments. And of course, um, our productivity was like half of um, capacity and uh, we needed like two or maybe even three months to return our like uh, regular uh, regime. We uh, improved our working uh, conditions and mental state and even perform better, I think. Uh, looking at my team and um, like all uh, company stuff. And now we work fully for two languages and concentrate and focused on Ukrainian broadcast. From uh, the other side, uh, we as uh, Ukrainian and uh, as the big um, esports community figure out that uh, we had a, f a huge amount of messages in our direct from our community, yes, from our users and viewers uh, who asked for help. And we from the first day of the war, we decided to create own foundation and uh, organized our own fundraiser. We tried to provide medicine, gear and uh, provision for everyone who needed and uh, for the army. And we couldn't stand aside, yes, for, from supporting uh, our community um, and uh, Ukrainian army. Several of our employees were enlisted to the armed forces. So obviously we tried to provide them everything they needed. And my role in um, this initiative was uh, like a coordinator. 
and I was like 24 hours uh, in my phone, uh, just connecting people and try to find, uh, um, trying to find money, trying to find all stuff that um, someone needed. So it was a really nervous and um, challenging uh, time for me and uh, for my team. And I even like burn out <laughs> for a couple of days after like um, this uh, 24 hour uh, regime um, after three weeks, I think. I'm really thankful for everyone who donate and uh, who help us. And we still support our army and people and uh, still try to do our best in this field. Well, thank you so much for sharing all of that. I want to kind of lead into the next question a bit because one thing that you mentioned was that throughout the adjustment period of learning how to keep a clear mind and keep yourself balanced while you're dealing with so much uncertainty and tragedy and sadness is that you were able to work more. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so we needed to, to work more. <laughs> yeah. Um, but one thing I wondered too, is if gaming and organizations like Maincast have been a way to unite people in the Ukrainian community just to build, I don't know, support and community during a time when you might need it even more. So how have you seen your community change or grow in the last six months? Are you seeing more support? Are people coming to Maincast and broadcasts for news or distractions or something different than, you know, the war? Like what um, feedback have you gotten from your community? Uh, it was hard because our community was uh, like mostly Russian and uh, it was the massive challenge uh, for sure for us, mostly because of the numbers. The Russian community is simply bigger because of the population size. Our media outreach and the amount of viewers took a hit. Of course, despite of the situation, we've decided to focus on Ukrainian community and to do our best and to develop Ukrainian broadcast. Uh, so now, after the several months, we can see that the quantity of viewers um, grows exponentially from tournaments to tournaments. And we see the good trend. We have a new records on uh, Ukrainian uh, Ukrainian broadcast. We understand that building uh, the community and developing it uh, uh, will uh, need some time. We're definitely ready to put uh, our best effort into it and we think uh, it is uh, important uh, for us as Ukrainians to build uh, this like strong, powerful Ukrainian community and we hope it will be like we plan. <laughs> so we try to do what we, we can and all our uh, work now concentrate and focused on, uh, on this field. Yes. Well, and let's talk about what you actually do at Maincast so that people can follow it. Um, you are one of the largest esports provider in Europe and you have a huge market 
in Eastern Europe. I know you said now, especially since you're focusing on Ukrainian or on Ukraine and building your Ukrainian community, you have a big partnership with ESL to bring CSGO to your area. So what are you doing to engage fans and to build and to grow. If you had to summarize, what does Maincast do? We are a studio and uh, we cover uh, all the tournaments uh, from different tournament providers, not only uh, ESL but PGL. Last last year, we have a strong partnership with Bethesda, with uh, Electronic Arts and with Valve. And we worked for Valve for... I think about more than five years, uh, the official like partner on the international. We try to like create the experience for viewers, um, the esport experience. Uh, yes, uh, to cover all the tournaments uh, and uh, um, all the popular games um, in our area, uh, and uh, we try to build a community and uh, to engage. Uh, viewers not just watching uh, tournaments but interact with a broadcast interact with the game in uh, my, my department especially we try to figure out new ways of uh, engaging and uh, interaction from tournament to tournaments is always a challenge to create something new like to, to use new technology yeah to use uh, new methods um, and mechanics uh, of uh, engagement. That's the main information about like main cast. Yes, and one thing that we talked about before, and you have already mentioned this, but I know that a big part of it is using data and overlays to engage fans. So, can you talk about that? aspect a little bit we use game data to show like additional information about the game and uh, about uh, uh, teams uh, players um, and we try to uh, try to visualize it uh, yeah in a best way uh, if uh, like a couple of years uh, before um, all the overlays and uh, bro- in broadcast was like uh, uh, to uh, 2D like flat but now we change the technology and use like a full environment 3D environment using Unreal Engine it is uh, totally new for gaming and for broadcast and uh, it's like challenging us uh, to find new methods of visualization, uh, new technologies, AR uh, technologies, uh, and using the real-time data and um, the real-time uh, interaction with viewers. That's so cool. The 3D stuff is very new still, so um, that's neat. And uh, the biggest problem is that uh, it is not popular for broadcast at all. It's like it's more about gaming. And uh, that's why for us it's uh, like constant R&D process. So um, like my team, like uh, half of the time, just to figure out uh, how to use uh, some, some new methods uh, uh, and uh, like technologies for the broadcast that is uh, used for gaming. And 
and we even communicate with the um, engine developers uh, to do some updates uh, uh, and releases uh, for, for our needs. That's so cool. What do you like about product design and your role? I know you do media, but you also work with product developers and fan engagement teams. So what do you like about that? As I mentioned before, um, the product for me and for, for our team, Unreal Engine-based uh, uh, system, we always try yes, to, to, to find new visual effects and methods. And um, we are really passionate about creating the new experience and tend to push limits uh, to create something new for the industry. The most important uh, for our job is to go out uh, of the box and uh, look uh, at broadcast from the global perspective, not limited by the broadcast and gaming standards. That is uh, the main um, vector and goal uh, in like product design for our team. It's like, as I said, uh, it's like constant R&D process. So we just research and uh, try to figure out uh, how we can uh, use uh, and, and um, how we can create uh, some new experience and uh, new, new methods of visualization. What do you, Valeria, like about it? Or like about, I guess, R&D and product design? What are some of your favorite parts of your job? CASDEV, I think, customer development. Uh, we have uh, some focus groups and uh, just chatting a lot and research, try to find a new insights, uh, how to create this uh, upgrade experience and uh, upgrade our data uh, in uh, broadcast. Uh, so my uh, main role as a leader uh, and uh, the manager is to coordinate my team and to create a growth strategy and to optimize all the process uh, because uh, when you scale when my, like my team scale uh, all the time we need to uh, always to do some improvements uh, and uh, it's a like uh, non-stop uh, iterations, <laughs> yeah, some improvements. My main goal is to like coordinate uh, all uh, all this work and uh, all this uh, implement this uh, global strategy of the company. I always say that in in gaming, everyone is kept on their toes. They have to be ready to go <laughs> all the time. So it sounds like. Yeah, you yeah, have yeah. that too. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's a really uh, fast sphere of business, and everything can change tomorrow. And you need uh, to be ready to pivot uh, and to 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 change your strategy. Yeah, <laughs> it's a very challenging, but we passionate about it, and we uh, love this uh, rhythm. Uh, and uh, I think it's driving us uh, to do <laughs> to do our best. Yeah. It's always more and more, but it's it's good. You're right. It keeps everything new, and you're always learning. Yeah. Um. So it can yeah. be it can be fun. Nonstop process. R and D is yes the the uh, idea of the moment. Switching topics a little bit. Uh, I want to chat about getting more women into esports. In the U.S., we have challenges getting women into roles for 
all kinds of reasons. Uh, we explore that a lot in this show. What is the culture like for you in Eastern Europe or just in Europe in general? Um, what is it like to be a woman in, in esports and gaming? Yeah, I think we're far from the culture of the US. Uh, and uh, but we um, on the way, <laughs> yeah. And uh, when I started uh, uh, in gaming uh, in esports, uh, I was the only one a woman in uh, the company, so it was really like the challenging and hard period for me. Just uh, used to be a part of the team. Yes, but um, now, uh, like we have um, about thirty um, percent of the staff are women. I think I'm um, the one who create this culture in in our company. Uh, yeah, because I was the <laughs> the first one. <laughs> yeah, uh, but in general, I think like if we talk about on camera side, there's still um, difficult for women to. Uh, to prove themselves uh, as equal uh, good like hosts, commentator, uh, interviewers, or manager, and uh, people sometimes uh, may just uh, afraid of getting uh, into esports uh, because it does sounds uh, frightening <laughs> in a way. But once you get in, everyone is equal here, and you just uh, have to 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 do a. a good uh, job that's all uh, so now the situation is changed and you can uh, be on the top just because you're a good professional not just uh, your gender so you mentioned this already but you are a woman on a male dominated team how has that team supported you and how have you helped your team grow? Well, in terms of work, I'm actually the one who support others. Uh, yes, uh, because uh, in my performance, I can often be ahead of my colleague. Uh, but uh, at the, um, on the human side, I think uh, it's all great, in, uh, um, especially in our company. Everyone try to support and we have a good atmosphere inside of the team. Some of my colleagues are my long-time friends now, <laughs> after like, I'm six years in uh, industry. Uh, that's um, why I ha always have um, like support and uh, uh, I'm happy to give it back me uh, as a like um, head of department uh, I try to create this uh, atmosphere where everyone is equal no matter your gender or your age and we never like we talk like equal and uh, we try to to create this um, like good atmosphere inside so I try to support everyone and uh, even in my team um, I have like I think even 40% of uh, female now that's so fun one thing I've learned from doing this show is that when you hire one woman, they tend to recruit other women. So yeah. that makes sense. <laughs> so we have seen the industry grow and become more inclusive. A lot of the feedback I get doing this show is that things are getting better, but it's just much more slowly. 
than people expect. So why do you think it's important to get more women into gaming? to pick up the speed a little. <laughs> yeah, the gaming industry and community has uh, always been uh, predominantly the ma male space, yeah. But uh, now the reality is different and uh, women hugely influence trend in the industry and uh, creates countless opportunity for the gaming uh, companies as uh, gamers, uh, developers and media, media workers and management workers. W uh, women esports league have appeared. So I think it's a growing, uh, yeah, growing trend now. And uh, all the stereotypes uh, haven't stopped a new generation of women uh, following their passion and uh, doing an important job uh, in the industry. Uh, I think that it's um, something very important uh, to be actively thinking about how we promoting uh, women and finding talents uh, in terms uh, of gender. I think um, that as more women women are uh, in leadership position and more boards, uh, it's going to boost uh, everyone's success and uh, to boost industry at, uh, in general. The pie will just get bigger for everyone <laughs> don't be afraid yes i i couldn't agree more one question this is a little bit on the spot but you as you are head of a department what recommendations do you have or what advice do you have for other people who are in leadership to get more women into their companies Yeah, don't be afraid to hire and give a chance for women. I think we have a strong like soft skills uh, that needed in uh, the gaming industry. Women like professionals on a high level now. And I see that a lot of, in even uh, in um, a lot of companies uh, now, like on a C-level, there is a lot of uh, women, yes, and uh, I think it's uh, a big trend and uh, uh, like community realized that we can uh, uh, be a good manager and a good professional. Other leaderships uh, needs to do not, not be afraid because it's like, um, like a stereotype that gaming it's uh, all about men. Uh, women understand gaming and can give upskill the industry, <laughs> upgrade the industry, sorry. One last question because... I like to talk about the metaverse on this show because it is kind of an opportunity to start fresher, I guess. We have so many more types of people building it and so many more voices that are loud thanks to social media and changes. So we talk about, you know, getting women into positions, getting other minority folks into positions. That kind of reminds me of building the metaverse, right? Where everyone can play and work how they want. So are you thinking about the metaverse at all? Um, and if so, what makes you excited about 
the future of gaming. Metaverse, uh, as it was presented by Meta, uh, has a huge uh, impact, yes, and opportunity for the gaming industry. And uh, before the war, uh, we plan to create uh, esports metaverse and be the first uh, who will have such a product in esports. Now we've frozen, uh, froze this uh, project, but I still think uh, it will uh, bring a totally new level uh, of experience and um, a lot of new monetization models uh, for the industry. However, I still uh, feel it will take a few more years uh, before we can realize at least a fraction of its potential. As we can see, even in Meta, they have uh, some troubles uh, Yes, uh, in, on this field. Um, so I think it's a um, big step in uh, gaming but uh, we need time but because of some companies uh, that ruined um, the reputation of metaverse yes uh, just trying to like buzzword to get like uh, some relevance and to get some money from uh, this hype uh, hype team uh, yeah mm. Now, um, like the reputation is really not really, really good. Yeah, but uh, we hope that uh, Metaverse is bigger than uh, NFT and uh, bigger than uh, some online concerts. Uh, and uh, it's not about like selling people something uh, unique. Uh, it's about connection people through, through the media and devices, through the gaming uh, and um, allowing uh, them to engage uh, in the same uh, uh, in the same activities in the, in the same space. So it's like to- no, totally new experience uh, for gamers and for companies and for media market. It's like great to watching some tournaments uh, in CSGO uh, in Metaverse. <laughs> I hope it will be uh, in the future. Well, I couldn't agree more. I am going to quickly summarize our conversation before we get into the last segment. We started with a discussion on how Maincast was able to, and you, how how you and how Maincast as a whole were able to, or were forced to adapt because of the war, how you first protected the team, um, and how you had to remain clear-headed to make decisions Once everyone was safe, uh, tournaments and production resumed and working conditions and mental state were actually kept both in very good spirits just because I think it sounded like everyone needed a bit of a distraction and that keeping that going was important. And in the midst of all this, main cast created a foundation and a fundraiser to provide supplies for the Ukrainian people and army who needed it. We will absolutely provide any links that we can to that so that folks can support it. Before the war, the main cast community was mostly Russian, but since then, you main cast has been able to refocus on the Ukrainian community and developing Ukrainian productions. Viewership has grown exponentially since that refocus. Maincast itself is a studio that covers tournaments from different providers, has partnerships with ESL, EA, and more, focuses on having interactive broadcasts to engage viewers and showing game data and statistics 
during the match to give fans additional information and that data and statistics um, isn't just static. It can have AR and VR elements and overlays and is tailored to increase engagement with the viewer. When it comes to women in esports and gaming, there's a long way to go. On the production side or behind a, or I guess in front of a camera, it's difficult to get women to the same level as men. But once a woman is in, it becomes more equal. Good work is recognized as good work. Women have a much bigger say in the industry now than a couple years ago, but it's important to get more women in, especially into leadership positions and boards. And in order to do that, Valeria recommends taking a chance on women in leadership. When it comes to the metaverse, it's a totally new experience for gamers and companies. It's going to take a couple years to build out. There have been some bad actors. Hopefully we can get more good actors. And I would argue that main cast is already getting into the metaverse with VR and AR overlays. So don't, uh, I wouldn't say that any projects have been frozen or put on hold. You're there. You're there. You did it. <laughs> For the last segment, this is what I do with every guest that comes on the show. This is just a chance to look back on your career and think about your trajectory and the changes. So what is one thing you would like to tell your younger self about getting into the gaming industry and being successful? Uh, as I mentioned before, when I come to the gaming industry, I was the only one woman uh, in the company and it was uh, really challenging to be an equal part of the team. And uh, I would like to tell my youngest self to be passionate and follow uh, your passion, no matter what barriers uh, stand uh, uh, in your way. Uh, only if you have a big goal and a huge interest, uh, you can reach the top. So uh, go um, follow your passion. <laughs> I think this is the main in gaming because uh, gaming is still more about hobby and about the, your lifestyle. I don't know, maybe in the US um, the different situation, but uh, in Ukraine, like in our company, almost uh, everyone... Uh, love uh, gaming and love uh, esports that's why we tend to create something big and uh, uh, try to do to do best because uh, like we it's like our passion yes well i love that where can people find you or follow you or follow maincast or what social media channels do you want everyone to know about? <laughs> TikTok, uh, Twitter, uh, Telegram, uh, Facebook, so YouTube, Twitch. Um, so just um, try to find Maincast and um, there is uh, a lot of different uh, pages uh, for the fans of gaming uh, in general, uh, for CSGO fans, for Dota 2 lovers. So um, you can um, find what fit for you yeah and we have english uh, pages uh, social media pages too and instagram of, of course. course yes my favorite well twitter's <laughs> probably actually my favorite but thank you so so much for coming on um for sharing about what everyone what you have been going through what everyone has been going through i'm 
I'm honored uh, to have you talk about all of that. So thank you. For all the listeners out there, don't forget to leave five-star ratings and reviews. It helps people find the show. Be sure to check out other Holodeck Media podcasts, including Meta Business and Business of Esports. I'm on Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn at Lindsay Poss. I haven't made it onto TikTok yet, but we'll get there. You can catch me Wednesday uh, afternoons on the Business of Esports Live After Show, and you can catch this podcast in your feed every week. We'll see you next week. Thanks for joining us here on Meta Woman. Make sure to subscribe to this podcast everywhere you get your podcasts, leave a five-star review, and tell your friends, family, and colleagues all about us. Also, make sure to follow Meta TV on all socials to get more of the best Metaverse content anywhere. Tune in every week for another episode of Meta Woman.